This is Ask an Expat with Marcus and Matt from An Expat's Russia, where we answer your questions about what it's like to live, work, and travel in Russia. Hey everyone, in this video we're going to talk about the standard of living as an expat in Moscow. Matt, start off with your uh, first scenario, your first uh, experience in Russia and sure. uh, what you were able to afford. Yeah, sure. So when I first got to Moscow, my salary was 100,000 rubles. I worked at a tech company as a kind of marketing and English editor. Um, and the apartment that I rented was at Shukinskaya in Moscow. That's kind of in the northwest-ish area. Um, I don't know, maybe seven stops from the center. And I paid 40,000 rubles for that. That was a one bedroom, or in Russia, they say two room apartment. Um, and it was relatively close to the metro. I could either take a quick tram to the metro, which was very fast, or walk. Uh, maybe it was about 10 minutes. Um, so overall, it was, it was quite comfortable. Um, in addition to rent, you have, um, let's say that for rent, that's about as cheap as you can go to get a decent apartment. And mm -hmm. this wasn't like some, you know, uh, fancy apartment. It was, I would say, slightly above average by Russian standards. Um, okay, a, so um, 40,000 40, for how many square meters or feet? It was 55 square meters, which is probably close to 600 square feet. Almost, yeah, almost 600. So actually, that's, that's uh, fairly sizable. Yeah, yeah. And my girlfriend, who is now my wife, um, we lived together there, and it was comfortable enough for that. She might disagree. She was not a huge fan, fan of that apartment. Um, but in addition to rent, you have then like your utilities and let's say utilities generally doesn't change much. I mean, if you get a significantly bigger place, then they might change, but I would say maybe one or 2000 rubles a month for all of the utilities. Um, then for TV and internet, I think we paid six or 700 rubles, which is $10 a month for right. high speed internet. And there had to have been at least a hundred channels on the TV, some were even English in English. Um, so that's about all for utilities. Let's say 3,000 rubles maximum. So that brings it to 43,000 rubles a month for kind of fixed costs. And then, you know, you get a Metro pass if you, you know, if you're commuting every day, that's up to 2,000, but you don't have to spend that. You could probably get less, um, you know, just pay by the ride if you're not riding every day, twice. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you could easily keep your fixed costs under 50,000, which would be half of your income. And then that would leave you with mm -hmm. 50,000 to uh, spend and save on having fun and food. Um, food, if you're willing to, right. you know, live on and eat, you know, typical Russian food, it's very, very cheap. Um, what year was that? That was 2015. And I'll okay, give you so the ruble had always, the, had the ruble had always yeah. had all already. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It was about 65 um, or 70 to a dollar rubles, which is similar to what it is today. Okay. Um, so what would you do for, you know, for entertainment? So at that time, um, I don't know, go out with friends, maybe once a week, have a couple beers or go to a restaurant. Um, again, things are quite cheap. So I don't know, I budgeted probably five to 10,000 rubles a month for just having fun. And then mm -hmm. on food, I think we spent, I don't know, probably, we probably spent on the high end 20 to 25,000. Okay. So 
I mean, realistically, I wasn't saving much more than a couple hundred dollars a month, you know, one or two hundred dollars a month at that point. But was, that wasn't your goal, was it? No, not at that point. At that point, I was just trying to get started. I had had, you know, had a professional job, so um, I was kind of gaining experience. And I can talk about right. further experience when I was making a bit more money in Moscow. But what about you? What was your situation like when you first got to Moscow? Uh, so when I first started working in Moscow, it was 2009, and that was when the ruble was, was quite strong. It was around uh, under well, 30 rubles to a dollar. But well, maybe my, my salary... Time. Yeah, my my salary at that time basically, let's see, it was forty five thousand rubles, mm -hmm. so it was it was pretty much on par with with kind of the what you were doing in two thousand fifteen. But with that, I spent I think twenty thousand for um, a room in an apartment. Fifteen? No, I think it was fifteen thousand, and then I had about half of it left for for food and and just. But but the first time I was in Moscow, I was working in Moscow in 2009. That was, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't there to save money. I, I was just, at, I got right. kind of first English teaching job that I could get and uh, spent most of my free time with um, with my fiance at the time, my wife mm -hmm. now. Um, so we just, um, very we lived very frugally. And, um, but in terms of like where the ruble is now, um, it would probably be around, you know, 70 to 80,000 rubles, um, for the same, same type of work with the, right. with the weak ruble now. So again, the cell phone, uh, internet utilities, uh, that would run you probably 3000 rubles or less. That's still um, today. The in 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 the the first apartment that I had, um, so it was my wife and I. It was thirty one square feet, uh, square meters. <laughs> so what was that? Yeah, I guess check real quick. Three hundred thirty square feet, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, three hundred thirty square feet. So it was quite small. It was like very tiny kitchen. Um, you walk in and and the. Um, there's a small hallway that goes right to the kitchen and the ki uh, the bathroom on the right, and yep. then living room and where we slept was where we slept. So, uh, yeah, that was in two thousand two thousand nine, um, and then I would say I would jump to kind of um, when I started want wanting to save money, I would do private lessons. So really, that was kind of like existing. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we I taught English privately to actually start making more money. Right. But uh, we we spent almost a good, you know, six months to a year in that type of apartment and, and situation. And um, it wasn't too bad. Right, right. Well, after... Um about a year and a half of working at the job that I had, I ended up getting a kind of more professional job. I started working at a um, international law firm in Moscow and my salary there was 167,000 rubles. And in addition to that, I also continued to work at the tech company um, kind of as a outside consultant. And I got to keep almost all of that salary I was doing. I basically was working on projects for them. Um, so they would, 
you know, give me a project and it would be kind of like a six month project. There was never like immediately do work. So and then on, at night and on the weekend I was working on that. So I was making another hundred thousand there, um, still. So uh, together I had about 267,000 rubles in salary. Um, and <clears throat> we moved to Dinamo, my fiance and I, and who's now my wife. Um, and we lived just by the metro at Dinamo, and there we rented a 60-square-meter apartment, um, and that's about 650 square feet or so. Um, and that was 60,000 rubles, but that was much, much nicer inside. So really it wasn't a, much of a step up in terms of size, but it was a big step up in terms of um, what the Russians call remont inside. Right, um, right. Utilities, again, they're about the same for Internet, electricity, and, and heat and everything. Um, I also should mention we had air conditioners in both of these apartments. So it does get very hot for a couple of weeks every summer in Moscow and the air conditioner is definitely nice, but it doesn't really affect the electricity. I would say that depends on the apartment that you have because we, we had air conditioners in maybe the last two apartments only. So all the apartments up to that point. Um, but if you're like in a corner apartment, then and you can't like open windows in on both sides of the building where the wind goes through mm -hmm. it it was stuffy but we were in a three bedroom and it kind of it was in like an l shape so you could open the window in the windows in the kitchen or the living room and in the on the opposite side of the building in the bedroom in mm -hmm. our bedroom and the wind was plenty to Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had yeah. in St. Petersburg, we did not have an air conditioner way back when and it would get very, very hot, especially at night. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it gets so hot, but because it's not that hot outside, but inside the, the apartment buildings, it would get very hot and stuffy. Hmm. As, a, as an American, I'm used to sleeping in relatively cool temperatures. Uh, the worst part actually was in the winter in Russia, because you don't really have control of the heat. We literally, in all of the apartments that my in wife most and I buildings, lived in, yeah. we would just turn the heat off. Like it would just not run ever um, in our right. apartment. And we would just be heated from the apartments on both sides of us. But if you have the heat on, it gets very, very hot. Something, you know, about 80 degrees, I would say Fahrenheit. Um, yeah. For, yeah. for an American, that's, that's very, very hot, <laughs> especially to sleep. Um, I, th but... I think over time, I just got used to it. I acclimated to it because... Um, it was still, it was still hot, but it wasn't as hot like when my family came to visit mm -hmm. and they were just really uncomfortable. So if you're, if you're moving to, to Russia, you know, and you're in your first year or two, then you would definitely probably want to get a place with air know. conditioning. After five years, I never got used to the really the winter. <laughs> I, I could survive without the air conditioning in the summer because really you, you don't need it that much. There are certain, certainly days in Moscow where you definitely need it if you're used to it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not, I mean, you can put up with it, right? But the heat in the winter was, was much more difficult, especially taking the train. I mean, if you take the okay, train so, in the winter, that's yeah, that, very that's hot. Not <laughs> the one reason is because, the major reason is because people, Russians don't like to... Uh, get the the cross breeze on them because they will get sick or something so they close the right. window and then you have this argument going on between people are open yeah. the window close the window open the window 
Yeah. Well, but let's get back to the, the the salary real quick. Um, so you jumped in salary quite a quite a bit. Yeah. How did your like living standard of living then um, change? I mean, the only thing that really what did changed... you spend your money on? Yeah. Well, I, my wife and I we would go out to eat a lot more often. That was really kind of the only change. But I mean, in Moscow, I mean, how much can you spend on food? I remember. One month I looked at our budget and we had spent, you know, like 60,000 rubles on eating out. Sounds like a lot, right? That's eating out. Yeah, that's 2,000 rubles a day. Um, I guess yeah, that was our, our, our food budget. Sorry. That was the food we spent on cooking at home and eating out. We spent 60,000 rubles. Um, and I thought, wow, that's a lot. But then even at the end of the day, we spent 60,000 on our apartment. Let's say another 5,000 on all of the other fixed costs in the apartment, utilities and whatnot. 60,000 on food, but that also included going out. You know, if like if I went out with friends to a restaurant and had, you know, a couple of beers with, with dinner. So, but still that leaves a hundred thousand rubles on 267,000 free right. to save. So did you save for, for anything? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually most of the savings ended up going towards like vacations my, or what? My, yeah. I was just gonna say vacations or student loans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I remember, you know, so, when we would go back to the U.S., we wouldn't buy any clothing or anything in Russia. So when we come back to the U.S. to visit family, we'd go to the outlets and spend, you know, two thousand dollars on all new clothes for the year for each of us. We we would do the same. Combined. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, we would go uh, to the U.S. and you'd spend on tickets and just a couple hotel rooms and going to the outlets. You know, you'd spend five thousand dollars over. You know, we'd usually go for three weeks. Uh huh. So, um, so in two thousand, well, two thousand fourteen was it when the ruble kind of crashed? Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, doing mostly private English teaching, and I was making anywhere from between two hundred to three hundred thousand rubles a month, and um, that was good in U.S. dollars before the crash, and then. You know, yeah. pretty much halved. Right. Um, so, so at that point, um, I just said to told a lot of my clients that the price was was going up, and a lot of them just said okay. <laughs> and um, so, but I I kind of changed my strategy, and I I started working at a private school as well. Uh, um, my salary was anywhere from four to five hundred thousand at one at the highest point mm -hmm. and that was that was when I was working a lot and um, I had two kids so um, I was spending about sixty thousand rubles at the end there when in 2019 sixty six thousand rubles on a an apartment in the south mm -hmm. near the metro um, it was See, it was about 90, 95 square meters. It's about 1,000 square which feet. Which is 1,000, yeah. Um, and it was it was lower than the actual uh, um, apartments like it would probably go for 80 or 90. But mm -hmm. uh, we stayed there for about three years. And um, we were able to save and, and um, save quite a bit. I, I did spend... Um, a lot on my daughter's education because they went to a private school 
Um, so that was the biggest. I know a lot of people are worried about that. Um, some of the more expensive private schools in Moscow are thousands of dollars a month. Right. Um, so there's kind of two two uh, options for foreigners. If you can afford it, you you'd go to one of the you know higher, uh, more expensive places. We went to the German school, and that was seven thousand euros a year. Oh, that's uh, per kid and. It was reasonable compared to the the English, uh, you know, right. the Anglo-American international school schools. Twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars a year. It's an Ivy League college <laughs> level. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we um, and then I had bought a car in two thousand fourteen just because we had two kids. With one kid, it was fine. We use we still use buses and metro. Um, but again, our costs really were um, our apartment, so it was sixty thousand or less. We we moved a couple times. Um, our apartments ranged from sixty-five square meters to ninety-five square meters. Mm -hmm. um, I always had a metro pass. I, I bought for the year. It was I think five thousand rubles. Maybe it's around six now. Um, so I just bought that for the year to use any time on any bus. Um, all our mobile phone internet. Um, so a good, good eighty thousand or so on on just living expenses, and then food mm -hmm. we spent with four of us. So two adults, uh, two two little kids. We spent between twenty and thirty thousand rubles on food alone, and we cooked at home most of the time. Yeah. So. So we were able to save quite a bit. We spent we spent um, the rest of that usually on vacation, so yeah. on on uh, road trips to to Europe. On uh, let's see, we went to Turkey, we went to Tunisia. On those, you know, all expenses included yeah. or the the all inclusive trips yep. that Russians go on. Um. And then we saved save some too as well. So yeah, I mean, I think if you if we want to break it down, right? So if you're a single person, a hundred thousand rubles is probably the bare minimum you want to accept for a salary. If you accept something less, just make sure you know you're going to have free time. That you can do some private English teaching lessons, for example, and you can easily get to a hundred thousand pretty quickly with a couple hours a week. Um, if you've got, you know, if you're a couple, you probably want to look at about two hundred thousand to be quite comfortable. You really don't have to worry about much. Right. You might not save a lot in dollars or euros, but you can live very comfortably on 200,000 in Moscow. If you've got a family, if you have to pay for education for, you know, the school, number one question is the, the education. If, if, you, if you've got a family, 200, 300 is, is fine, but, um, the education will kind of cripple you really. Right. Right. So, Unless you go to Russian, you know, Russian, uh, Russian kindergarten, Russian school, which is doable. Um, a lot of um, expats have have gone that route um, just because they they want their kids to learn Russian. Right. So, um, but that's kind of the the um, level of of comfort that I would say Westerners would you know would want to have. A hundred thousand if you're single, up to two hundred if you're if you're uh, you know a married couple, 
and then if you have a if you have a family 300 plus is is really the threshold um you could probably and then do with a family on 250 um and be quite comfortable but again you're not going to be saving much and you're not going to be sending your child to any private schools you're going to be living like a russian very comfortably but living more like a russian i knew i knew quite a few expats who spent way more on on their living on their uh, accommodation just because they wanted the comfort right right um, they they lived in the the German housing or you know uh, downtown. They they wanted to be close to work. Um, I wasn't really ever willing to pay that much, um, mainly because it was always we were always um, we knew that we would probably move. So um, right. that's that's one factor that if you if you are coming from a big house and you might have to get used to, you know, a smaller place. And, and another factor, just the standard of living, like is almost the same on those, at those thresholds. But one thing that I really, really missed is we never had a dryer to dry our clothes. Yeah. Only washer. Did you have a dryer? No, I knew, I knew a couple of expats who had one. I mean, they sell them in Russia. It's just, Space is such a right. such a premium in most um, apartments that that just don't fit. Right. So so. Anyway, so I, if I hope, you're, I hope we gave a, a good example of kind of what it's like to live on certain salaries in Russia. Um, if you have vastly different experience, let us know in the comments. This was Ask an Expat with Marcus and Matt from an Expat Russia. We hope you enjoyed the video, and if you have a question about Russia, let us know in the comments. We'll answer it in another video.